All right, how's it going, everyone? Welcome back to One for English, to para español. I hope you guys all had a wonderful um, holiday weekend and happy New Year's to everyone. Hope everyone made some New Year's resolutions that you can actually keep longer than just you know a month. Um, so yeah, so today my co-host today will be. Alex, Alex, if you want to introduce yourself, let them know who you are and what you do. Perfect. Thank you, David. Um, my name is Alex Anazola. I am a good friend of David's, and um, he's invited me to be on the show to participate in talking about um, whatever today's topic is, but I'm looking forward to it. I'm currently a uh, recruiter for Wells Fargo, uh, and I've been working for the company for about 14 years. So, yeah, a little bit about myself. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. So... Today's topic is going to be on 401ks and everything that has to do with retirement accounts. Um, I was reading a article on USA Today that was talking on retirement accounts and the Latino community. Um, and it looks like as far as the Latino community, there is only about 30% of the working Latino community that's actually contributing in some sort of uh, retirement account, mm -hmm. uh, whether it be 401k or any of the other ones that we have out there, uh, compared to the average American, which they're at, I think, 50-something percent, which is um, a big difference. And obviously, we don't really think about it. Um, and there's a, a lot of reasons why uh, we don't contribute to 401ks and all these other things. Um, mostly because I feel like Latinos, we'd like to spend cash and use cash and we don't like to, you know, keep money in the bank. I mean, we do, but we like, we like, <laughs> we like spending, you know? Yes. Uh, and I think that's one of the cases. Um, and I'm sure everyone's heard of, uh, social security and how by the time we retire, I mean, I'm, I'm 34 now. So by the time we retire, there's probably not going to be anything out there for Definitely us. Not. So we have to figure out a way to. Um, start saving money because we can't rely on Social Security, obviously. Um, but there's so many other things that we can do to help us when that time to retire comes around. Um, so I'm, I'm not too familiar. I just actually, I just started about a year ago. I should have started a long time ago. I mean, I did start a long time ago, but I didn't, you know, I, would, I pulled my money out several times for several reasons. Uh, but now, you know, I'm one year in and I'm, you know, I'm, It's looking good, so. Good. But, so, um, yeah, like I said, I'm not too familiar um, with how everything works, and I'm sure there's, you know, there's more than one way um, to save money. Um, but, yeah, I mean, we can get started, and you just let me know um, what's the best way to um, open up a savings account. I'm guessing it's through your job, because your job does well, most depends. jobs offer. I mean, there's a lot of different ways that you can do it, but one of the things that you, that you mentioned, uh, you know, one of the the real questions was, you know, why don't we contribute more to a 401k? Why don't we participate when we have the opportunity? Um, and I think a lot of that has to do with just uh, education, just kind of understanding what it is, how it works, the full range of benefits that it can provide individuals, because a lot of us think, okay, well, this is money I'm making. I'm not going to see it. Why would I want to do that when I can yeah. hold the money in my hands? Like, you know, long-term, I, I know that that's, you know, 
way down the road, but I think a lot of people have a misconception of what a 401k is. And, um, you know, I've been, I've been doing mine since I, I had the opportunity to work for my company. And, um, even when they weren't, you know, providing some of the additional benefits yeah. as an employee, but, um, I think that's probably the number one thing. And the easiest way to understand stocks or just 401ks in general is the stock market. Surprisingly. Yeah. And yeah, and you don't have to go through your job because obviously, you know, a lot of jobs don't offer that, uh, you know, the option to contribute, but there's, if your job doesn't offer it, you can, there's, you can do it through your bank, you right? You definitely do it through your bank. You have what are called um, IRAs. And so those are individual retirement accounts. Okay. So a lot of times when you work for your company, if uh, they don't necessarily have an internal 401k plan that you can take advantage of, you can essentially just take your paychecks and divert money into an IRA account, which functions just like a 401k can't okay. touch it to retirement there are penalties for touching it you know things like that but uh it's it's a savings account that is intended for retirement okay yeah and then and then i guess what a lot of people fear is that you know if they throw money into this account and then they have an emergency they can't pull that money out so i think a lot of people like saving money whether it be cash or in a savings account because if there is a time where you do need to pull that money you can't um, and I'm guessing, well, you can, yeah. you can with a 401k. So if you're going to go do something like an IRA, there are just going to be penalties for it. So as you take the money out, uh, essentially it's money that you've earned that you didn't pay taxes on. Uh, now there yeah. are other types of, uh, retirement accounts that you can put money into, which is called an IRA Roth or a Roth account. Mm -hmm. uh, those are where it, it works like a paycheck. So you earn your money, you get taxed on it, and then you pay into your retirement. Yeah. The difference being is when you have one that is not a Roth, when you take the money out later on in life, you're going to have to pay taxes on whatever you take out. Yeah. Whereas the Roth, you take that money <clears throat> out, you get the full amount that you've already saved yeah. because you've already paid taxes on it way back when you actually put the money in it. So yeah, yeah. those two options there. But if you have a 401k, one of the things that my company does that's really nice is, uh, you know, they often do 401k loans. Yeah. So you can actually lend money out of your account. Mm -hmm. And yes, it's a loan. So you are going to have to pay back interest on your loan. But it comes out of your paycheck and you're paying yourself back. So your interest only goes back to you. Oh, yeah. That helps. I mean... But it's, I mean, it's not, and it's never too late to start, you know. Um, like I said, a lot of Latinos, you know, we, and that's something that we don't even think about. We don't talk about. Um, and like you say, you know, it's a lot of times, I know my parents, you know, they just like to have the cash ready in hand. Um, but, you know, why just have it sitting there in your savings account or under your bed when you could have it, like you said, an RA or IRA and or 401k where it's working for you. Essentially, yeah. I mean, and, you know, the other thing is to think about is, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a big advocate for the stock market. A lot of people are very skeptical, but if you're a gambler, it's legalized gambling is what it is. I <laughs> yeah. mean, um, but it's, it's hard to follow, um, but it's very profitable. Um, you know, it's something that you can sit and follow stocks for a year and have imaginary play money and just kind of follow companies that you have interest in. Uh, learn more about and just say, hypothetically, let's say I have, you know, $1,000 and spend a year just taking that thousand and saying, if I bought X amount of shares here and, you know, 
watch how that moves, yeah. you will hypothetically see how much money you would have made. Yeah. And it doesn't take very long. And that's that's a big misconception. A lot of people, you know, think, well, I, I don't know much about the stock market, so I don't want to touch it. But take the first year to just educate yourself, learn it, you know, understand why things are happening the way that they do. Yeah. And then eventually what that actually helps with is your 401k because yeah. you can actually go into a lot of your 401k plans and see where they're putting the money Yeah. to determine is this where I want to keep it, Yeah. you know? And you're right. A savings account's not going to do nothing. I mean, you're yeah. going to make a nickel, you know, on a, on a oh, yeah. lump sum that you're saving oh, exactly. when you could be putting it in the stock market. And I mean, I've had stocks that have worked for me in the past that have gotten me something like, you know, three, $400 in a day. So, I mean, yeah. there's that possibility, but it's, again, it's, it's a skeptical thing because we just, many people aren't familiar with that. Yeah, no, exactly. And then, then on top of that, people are just scared to, I wouldn't say they're scared. It's just taking that a chunk off of their paycheck, you know, because if you get it deducted from your paycheck, you know, a lot of times, depending on how much you're contributing, it could be anywhere between 50 to hundred bucks, sometimes even more. Um, and people, you know, that they feel that, you know, they do. And, but, you know, we, we spend our money on stupid things all the time, you know, um, on everything, stuff that we don't even need that we could be putting that money into that account instead of just, you know, like I was telling you earlier, you know, that they talk about that coffee thing where instead of spending, you know, coffee or your money at Starbucks every day, you're spending five, ten dollars there every day, Mm -hmm. you know, buy coffee you know, at your supermarket, and then make your coffee at home. Yeah, and, and Starbucks is okay, but, I mean, $5 a day is not a very good habit to develop. Yeah, no, that's... You could say that same thing about, you know, jack-in-the-box hamburgers. Yeah. <laughs> it and, just, and, it wouldn't be good. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I mean, we all have these habits, and, you know, we all like to go out and, and you know, I'm not saying you have to, you know, not go to Starbucks every day or, you know, just stop going to Starbucks, but, you, you know, you can treat yourself whenever you want, but it's just, it's stuff that, you know... We could set aside. You could set aside $5 a day, $10 a day, um, and just do that. I mean, it starts small. You don't have to start big. Well, uh, my wife and I did a fun challenge when we lived in Philadelphia, uh, and we worked together on this as a couple, but you can do this uh, you know, if you're single as well. But one of the things that we did is every paycheck, uh, you determine a specific amount, and you set it aside. So the challenge would be, and you can go low to high or high to low. We went high to low. So week one of the year, you set $52 aside. Week two of the year, $51. Week three of the year, $50. And you progressively go all the way down. Uh, and by the end of the year, you have something like $1,500 that you've just saved. Yeah. Um, and, you know, that's enough to get started. You know, that's, that's, that's easy enough. Yeah. Um, and if you're in a relationship where you have co-financing between you and your significant other, um, a nice thing that you can also do is alternate weeks. So every paycheck, I take week 52 and my wife took, you know, week 51. So yeah. we each kind of contributed to that. But it's amazing how quickly that money starts to to escalate. And then if you go backwards, it gets easier towards the end. Obviously, you don't have to put so much, yeah. you know. But if you yeah. go the other way, <laughs> okay, $1, $2. Yep. But then by the end of the year, you're like, oh, well, Christmas is around the corner. I've got to put, you know, 50 yeah. bucks in this. It's going to be... A little challenging. Yeah, no, and you and you get used to it too. Eventually, you know, you start, uh, you start watching the way you spend money. You know, and you, you know, you think about it before you buy. You know, that bag of chips at the liquor store or wherever you're at. You know, you're like, well, do I really need this or can I put this towards just saving it? Well, and you bring up a great point. I mean, at the end of the day, what is your what is your living 
budget look like? When you yeah. think about that, when you when you get your paycheck, you have a lot of it already spoken for. Yeah. So then you have to work within a certain amount of money that you have. And I think that's where we tend to overcompensate. So we get our we get our paychecks and we start thinking, oh my goodness, so I, I need all this money because I've got to pay all these different yeah. things and I'm not gonna be able to do all the things that I wanna do. And if I don't do those things, then you know, life's not great. Um, if you can find your sweet spot budget where you get by comfortably, you're happy, you're able to take care of you and yours, um, you know, try and live within that. And a big mistake, which I was telling you earlier, is we get promoted. Yeah. I mean, as we get paid more, we think, well, if I have more money, I've got to spend more money. Yeah. When in fact, one of the things you can do is let your paychecks grow, but divert the difference from your comfortable living means yeah. to your savings. So I know that when I started with uh, you know, my company, um, I was 22. God, that was a great age. I'm 35 now, <laughs> just for the record. So it's been a while. I've been with my company for about 14 years now. But when I started, I mean, I'll be very honest. I lived like a 22-year-old pretty much up until I was about 30, 32, which sounds kind of silly. Yeah. But it's what I needed. I didn't, yeah. you know, I hadn't met my wife and gotten in a serious relationship where we were, you know, doing all these things yet. Um, with my job, I was making, you know, good money and seeing those promotions come around. But even though the money got larger, my spending stayed the same because yeah. I would just divert that money. Yeah. And so what happened is my retirement grew exponentially uh, because, and, and there was no impact to me because I didn't know any better. I was like, yeah. ah, whatever, I'm living my 22 year old, <laughs> you know, budget life and that's fine. You know, I yeah. can have a few beers, I can go out with some friends. Can I do it all the time? No. Yeah. But I have to be smart about how I spend my money. Yeah. So. No, exactly. Uh, <clears throat> and a lot of times, I don't, I mean, I think when you get promoted, obviously you start hanging out, you start doing things that allow you to do uh, that you couldn't do before when you weren't making that money, mm -hmm. and then people get used to that. I mean, you 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 obviously you know when you get promoted, you start making more, um, you start doing things that cost more money. You know, you're going to eat at fancier places. You're not going to McDonald's every day anymore. Mm -hmm. You know, you're not going to some. You know, you start going to those fancier places. You know, your clothes start getting better and 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 obviously, a lot of that, you know, it, it comes with um, your promotion. You know, obviously, you want to look good and you want to, you know. Um, but there's a lot of things. I mean, you don't have to change everything, you know. Like, we do spend a lot. What do you think would be the hardest thing for someone who's listening to this right now uh, and has that question of, it's too late. How do I get started now? It's 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 passed me by. Uh, well, I don't know. I, I think, well, for me, like, Obviously, you know, my lady, she convinced me to start back at it again. But before, I'm like, well, damn, you know, I'm 30, you know, I was 33 already. I'm like, well, damn, you know, by the time I reach that retirement age, it's not going to be enough. But, you know, it's still going to be something, mm -hmm. you know, it might, it might not be as much as someone who started when they were in their 20s, early 20s, but it's still, it's going to get you through. Yeah. And then obviously, you know, like you said, you know, when you get promoted, you can start investing more. And it's a small sacrifice, you know, mm -hmm. and it doesn't, it doesn't cost much. I don't think, um, a lot of these places don't have, you know, that you don't need to be putting like $50, you know, if you, obviously every, we all have, uh, our ups and downs when it comes to making money. So sometimes things happen that are unexpected and you have to, you know, you can't invest as much as you can, 
But, you know, even if you invest those... Well, and to your point, I mean, I think that's where there's a misconception. You can, right? So uh, we always tend to think of the negative. So yeah. in, in your example that you just shared, you said things happen unexpectedly and, you know, we have to maybe not ex- contribute as much. Yeah. But what about the times that you made money unexpectedly? Yeah. Right? What yeah. about the times you went to Vegas and you're like, oh my God, I'm, I'm walking out here with, you know, a couple hundred more than I anticipated. Or yep. what about the times when you sold something and the value of it was greater than what you were anticipating or, you know, you inherited something. I mean, yeah. inheritance is a part of, uh, of life. So... You know, it's uh, it's ebbs and flows. You're going to have your highs. You're going to have your lows. The key thing is figuring out when you get that money, what do you do with it? Yeah. Right? Don't go to Vegas again. I mean. that Well, unless you're winning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, but nothing's guaranteed, right? Yeah. <laughs> but one of the things, and again, that's where I go back into taking a look at the stock market. I mean, I, I, I did it in college yeah. with, I started with um, $2,000. It's not a lot. Yeah. I mean, it's. When I was twenty in my twenties, yes, that was a lot of money. I was like, oh You're my like, God. Whoa. But I just said, you know what, I'm gonna start with twenty, you know, two thousand dollars and I'll set that aside, I'll invest it. You know, the financial advisor I was working with at the time kind of like looked at me like, that's all you want to put in, like two thousand dollars? Like, what are you gonna do with that? Yeah. But I said, you know what, I I wanna follow some things. I have some ideas on, you know, companies that I think that are gonna be doing pretty well. Yeah. I turned two thousand dollars into seven grand in three years. Yeah. That's yeah. I mean, you can you can do it. It just takes some time. It takes some research. It takes some energy. Yeah, and I mean, and nothing's gonna happen overnight. A lot of people, you know, they they expect, you know, oh, I'm throwing all this money in, and it's I, I want it now. You know, yep. And it's it doesn't work like that. Nope. Just like anything, you know, you it takes time. You know, because that that's the way. That's just the way the market works. You know, and just well, everything works. It it ages, and then it's just like fine wine. Well, and a lot of people think of it you know, to, to be, or expected to be this steady incline or a steep drop off. Yeah. But I challenge people to think of it more like a basketball game score. It's going to go up and down. You're going to have lead changes. You're going to have some times when you're on a streak and you're doing really well. You're going to have some times when you're cold, you're not really doing too much. Your money's going to do that. Yeah. But it's not necessarily about what's happening with the cold streak or the hot streak. What you look for is the end result. So did you come out of that a winner or did you come out of that a loser? Or did you come out a loser, but you gained a little? Yeah. Whether it's experience or something. Yeah. I mean, you still walked not. away learning something at that. Yeah. And, and I think that's where sometimes people get uh, misconceptions about 401ks, investments, saving. Yeah. Be prepared to take losses, but also understand that you're going to get that back through gains in some cases. Yeah. Yeah. And then, I mean, once you reach retirement age, the last thing you want to think about is, you know, looking for a job that's going to want to keep you on board at what 62 65 now <laughs> like and then obviously we have you know a lot of we have protection against discrimination to the elderly but um but still you know there's only so much you can make at that age uh and then also your your body's wearing down you're getting tired that's the one you do is you know work a full-time job well but the thing is is we don't we don't live to work yeah. Or, you know, we we want to we want to work so that we can live, and oftentimes, if we don't take those steps early on in our career to make those decisions to set ourselves up for the life we want to live later on, yeah, it's hard to get there. And and you do sometimes have to make those sacrifices of, you know, I am at that retirement age, and I I am going to have to work. And a lot of people are experiencing that right now, whether yeah. that be from, you know, impacts of economic crisis, whether that be from, uh, you know poor investment decisions, 
or whether that just be from life, which life sometimes puts us in those places. Yeah. But, you know, there's always things that you can do early on to at least plug in some safeguards. And the key thing is diversifying, not, yeah. all, not having it all in one place. Yeah, that's... I literally heard one of the worst stories ever from a, uh, an elderly man that had saved all of his money in, an, in a mattress, like 50, 60 grand. Damn. <laughs> House burned down. Ooh. Everything's gone. No protection, no nothing, no interest earned, gone. That's rough. I mean, that's, that's hard. Yeah. That's hard. And, you know, even through, uh, I went to a, a Latino conference um, not too long ago, and there was a, a woman that talked about how she's now a successful author. Um, I can't remember her name for the life of me, but uh, it was an amazing story. And she talked about how, you know, she, she was young. She thought, you know, I want to buy things. So she was buying, you know, brand names and labels and all these different types of things. Yeah. Same situation. House burnt down. Oof. And she said, you know what? When when I went back to claim the insurance on these things, I couldn't. Like I can't tell them, you know, oh, I had a Gucci bag yeah. or, you know, I had these types of shoes or whatever. She said, you know, it, it really kind of opened my eyes to say that this isn't the smart way to invest my money. While it's nice to have in the moment, yeah. it can all be taken away and it's irreplaceable. Yeah, no, exactly. So she decided to kind of change her career path. She's, um, I think now she's the one that, uh, Little Libros, I think it is. So they mm. do, she does children's books that are in English and in Spanish uh, that you can find. And they're like some of the hottest selling books uh in, in bookstores for kids because it, it goes over, you know, different topics in English and in Spanish. Yeah. And she's turned it into like a huge empire now. She yeah. operates out of Los Angeles. I can't remember her name and I feel bad right now because she was an <laughs> amazing story uh, when I got to hear her speak. It was very cool. Well, oh, we can always let you guys know. Um, as soon as we post a video, we'll put some links up there on who this lady was and what she's all about and what she does now. You know, it's always good to, you know, educate yourself too when it comes to all these things. Um, but I don't know. I mean, I think. <clears throat> why do you? What do you think? The reason is that why Latinos are so far behind when it comes to investing. Is it? It's got to be. It's passed up from family, right? I mean, because a lot of families don't participate in four hundred one ks. Well, I you know a lot of it is a different type of investment. I guess my perspective might be a little bit different. I think about my father. He's one of eight, so growing up, you know. A lot of him and his brothers and sisters had to work with my grandfather, uh, you know, doing manual labor jobs. And I mind yeah. you, they, they grew up in like the 50s, so they weren't making yeah. know, a, a lot. But I think, uh, you know, when I think about someone like my grandfather, one, his his job didn't provide that type of opportunity. And two, he didn't have the means to really set money aside because a lot of it went, he invested in his children, right? So yeah. he gave them the education tools, the clothes, yeah. the resources so that they could succeed. Um, but I think it goes back to generational wealth. Yeah. So taking a look at your current perspective, thinking about where you are at at this current time, and honestly having that kind of realization of saying, is this something that I can do for myself now? Or based on my position, like, for example, if you are you know, a father or mother and have to support multiple kids your investment's probably better off in making sure that they're set up for success as opposed to the vice versa, right? Yeah, exactly. So I, I, think, I think a lot of that has to do with generational wealth and, and, and how that trickles down and making that decision of, is it for me or is it for the future? Yeah. And it's hard to say it's for the future because, you know, that's something yeah. beyond no, yourself. Exactly. It's important. Oh, yeah. That, that, you brought up some 
great points, obviously. So with my parents too, you know, they obviously they, like you said, you know, they all the money that was being made was going down to us kids, you know, education, books, schools, um, and everything like that. So, but then also, I don't know. I just feel like the Latino community just not, doesn't really talk when it comes to money, you know. Either you have it and people like to flourish it, but th- nobody really talks about it. Nobody talks about, you know, 401k. Obviously, it's a sensitive subject for everyone, mm-hmm. whether, you know, no matter what ethnicity, you know, you are. Money has always been a, a difficult topic for everyone. Um, but for me, I guess if I were, I'm guessing if I were younger, you know, when I was younger, if someone talked to me about it, I would have thought about it. Mm-hmm. But... You know, I didn't learn it in school. I didn't learn it when I was in college. And I mean, so there was never, even when I went to my bank, and I just, for me, all I used my bank for was to get my, my money, you know, As my direct deposit. Many deposits. people do. Many people do. <laughs> I never, you know, looked into everything that my bank has to offer. Yeah. And, and you know what's surprising is like you can go to their websites and all of that stuff is there for free. Yeah. It's, it's one of those things that if you don't, well, I don't want to say if you don't ask about it because, go to any website, go to Bank of America, go to Wells Fargo, go to Chase, go to credit unions, take a look at the resources that they provide their customers. You're talking about budget sheets. You're talking about strategies to invest. And you could always schedule an appointment to talk to someone and just ask. It it doesn't hurt to have a consultation conversation and just say, I have questions about this. I understand you do these things. Help me understand it better and, and make the right decisions. You can talk to a financial advisor that will map out yeah. Your entire life from now until retirement or even to your death, which sounds really morbid, <laughs> but they will take it down all the way to your death and say, if you want to get to this point, here's what you got to do. And what we'll do is set you up so that your uh, successors are also set up with these things moving forward. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's amazing the resources that are out there. But like you said, if you don't if you don't know or if nobody's talked to you about those different types yeah. of things, it's hard. You, yeah. you, you, you just never know that they're there. Yeah, and then, I mean, and everyone, too, like, obviously, you know, a lot of, like I said, you know, it, it is a very uncomfortable subject because you're not, you're not going to go talk to your friend and be like, hey, you know. Well, let me ask you this, too, I, just, you know, from a, a Latino's perspective, because I think you can see it, uh, you know, through various communities, minority communities specifically, but yeah. what would you say about Latinos reinvesting their money back in the Latino community? Do you think that happens frequently or less frequently? Mm. Less frequently, I think. Why do you think that is? I don't know. Um, I don't know. The way I see it is just the Latino community is always trying to move away mm-hmm. from what we are as a culture. Mm-hmm. You know, especially, um, I don't know, just moving away from from being, not la- not moving away exactly like being Latino, but just, I don't know. Um going out there and just trying to figure out where else, you know, is going on. I don't know how to explain it, but it's just, I don't know. I, th- I think that as Latinos, like for me, um, you know, I moved out of my community. And not, I didn't grow up in a Latino community to, per se, you know. I was, mm-hmm. But <clears throat> I don't know. I just, I didn't, when I got out, I just, uh, you know, I'm like, oh, I made it. You know, I was, I was able to defeat the odds of being a Latino who just, you know, they can't do better. Right. And once I did, I, I, I ran and didn't look back. And then, 
not to come think about it, I'm like, man, I should go back because there's a lot of people, you know, who will leave behind. And then I'm not saying I left my Latino culture behind because I'm, I'm, you'll always be Latino. Yeah. Um, but I think now that I know what I'm doing and I know how I, you know, how things are done, it's good to go back and t- teach everyone else how to catch up to, you know, to get where I, to where I got. Yeah. And a lot of us don't do that. A lot of us, since we get out, we like, oh, we made it. And that stands true for a lot of minority communities. Yeah. Um, you know, there's that cultural identity loss because we're so familiar with, you know, what we grew up with and, and uh, you know, who we grew up with. Yeah. Um, and that's not necessarily to say the neighborhood you grew up in, but I think more the influences around your life, whether that be family and relatives and um, part of it is your neighborhood and your culture, demographically where you live and grew up, whether that's yeah. the West Coast, East Coast, the South. All these things influence you, and when you do get that change, that diverse perspective, that different lens, it's easy to run away from what you knew and kind of embrace what you don't because you like it better. Yeah. But like you said, it's when you get in those positions, what are you doing to go back and support and or educate? And I think a lot of that has to do with what we do with our with our money, with our you know when we think about retirement, right? Um, okay, so I'm a Latino that has come up on some you know stable financials. And I've got some money to invest. Do I invest that into retirement? Or is there an investment that I can invest in my community that could pay dividends? Because when you think about it, and you can go do the research right now, the largest consumers of anything, almost anything in America, are Latinos. (laughs) Like housing, you're talking about businesses. You know that Latino women are some of the uh, largest uh, population of uh, entrepreneurs in the United States right now? I know. I mean, that's a huge demographic. Latina women are going out there and doing amazing things in the community and really representing. Now, the question is, is how many of us Latinos are going out there and supporting those businesses? Knowingly or not knowingly? And if we took more of an awareness towards it, would we support it more frequently? So, for example, you go to the store, and let's use that lady we were talking about earlier. You've got kids. You want to grow. You want to buy a children's book for them. Yeah. You could buy children's book A, which is you know anything you can see pretty much in any Barnes and Noble or bookstore you go to, or do you go and find the little libros because you know that it's run by a Latina entrepreneur. Yeah. That it's delegated or you know or specified for um, the Latino community. Yeah. In all communities, really, to to just share the culture and just say. Here's English, here's Spanish, this is how you learn it, this is how you associate it. Yeah. So, I mean, it's a conscious way of spending, too. So, yeah. in turn, you're giving back to the community, and at the same time, you're you're still growing and, you know, appreciating that. So, just something that I, that I always kind of think about it. And you see a lot of it, you know, when you think yeah. about um, Nipsey Hussle and the yeah. African-American community. He did a lot of that up in Los Angeles. Yeah. You know? But then, <clears throat> what if, um, let's say you're buying your kid the little libros that you say mm-hmm. and obviously they're probably stories and whatnot you know that you read to your kids right they're more like um they're more like you know water agua and oh okay like like so it's, oh, okay. it's like real young kid kind of yeah, like teaching yeah, yeah. spanish okay yeah, i was wondering because i'm more like because uh, then if it were stories then you know you you read your kid these stories but then you go and he goes to school and all the other kids are talking about one story mm-hmm. That's tradition, you know. That's read by all the the rest of the American kids, and then you have this little kid who can't relate because he read my little libros, and the other kids are reading, you know, I don't know, Calvin Hobbes or whatever. Right. It's popular, so um, 
So you just got to read both then, you know? You do. And, and that's that's the challenge of being in a minority is you're going to have to work twice as hard. <laughs> Selena's um, dad, remember? Yeah. You got you to gotta be more Mexican than the Mexicans and you got to be more American than the Americans. <laughs> exactly. <and laughs> it's, 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 uh, it's complicated. It is very complicated. I mean... You know me, I'm I'm half Mexican. I don't look Mexican. I'm <laughs> yeah. whiter than a ghost over here, but at the same time, you know, my my father's Mexican, my mother's uh a gringa, right? So she's she's white. But, yeah. Um, you know, I grew up in a culture that was very different because even as, you know, you think about, oh, well, he's Mexican, so he must have grown up a certain type of way. I mean, there's a lot of things in my cultural background that really don't quite add up, and it was hard to play both kind of like worlds. Because, oh yeah, no, you know, and that, I... that's just part of of being a minority, which is, you know, it's uh, it's challenging, but it's exciting at the same time, and it makes you a stronger person, in my opinion. No, exactly. No, I I definitely relate with that. I mean, growing up, like I said, I grew up in Solana Beach, where the majority of the people there are white, mm-hmm. and then I grew up skating, I grew up surfing, and. <laughs> You know, there aren't too many kids out there who are growing up skating and surfing. So a lot of my kids growing up were, um, you know, white kids. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and it was never a problem. You know, they accepted me as one of their friends because like, I grew up with them. And a lot of them, you know, they spent a lot of time to at my, my parents' house because my mom would always be cooking Mexican food and the kids loved it. Mm-hmm. Um, so then, but you know, I think growing up middle school... Elementary school, middle school, wasn't a big problem up until I reached high school. Because that's when all the other, you know, Mexican kids from all the other neighborhoods that, you know, they all go to one high school. Mm-hmm. And then that's when the trying to fit in problem kicks in. Yeah. Because then, you know, because you, you can't relate a lot of them because a lot of them grew up in the hood. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, you grew up in another place and then it's a different way of thinking. Um, you know, but... I was lucky enough to talk to everyone growing up, you know, and it was, they did find it a little weird. And you're like, oh, you go surf, you know, <laughs> aren't you Mexican? <laughs> I'm like, yeah. <laughs> well, so, so let me ask you this. What do you think the Latino community can benefit from when it comes to things like, you know, we're talking about retirement today and investing. So what, what do you think the community needs? What, what education, how, how do we get that education out to the Latino community? Um, I think having a little seminar. I mean, we don't have, I mean, do Latinos have community meetings? I mean, there are organizations throughout, you know, um, all over Southern California that that will provide resources to Latinos. But it just, I think it depends on the specifics. In this case, we're, you know, we're on the topic of uh, saving for the future or investing for retirement. But, you know, how do do you start that conversation with a younger generation right now? Especially Uh, because they crave this kind of knowledge. Yeah. I mean, this, I mean, I mean, obviously, you know, through a podcast or social media, um, you just got to find a way to grab their attention with it, you know, because when it comes to money, people want to spend, especially the younger generation. They don't want to put money aside. I remember when I was young, I don't want to put money aside, you know, it's not that I want to. I just, I love spending money, you know, <laughs> but, Who uh, doesn't? <laughs> but, but I was never, like I said, I was never educated on it. Mm-hmm. And I think if someone did bring it up, then I would. And I think if we start bringing it up now, you know, and but yeah, I mean, social media is the way to go through it now. Podcasting, everything, um, just spreading the word of mouth, and even the older generation, you know, like um, I remember growing up, uh, the local city hall used to have classes on 
uh, investment and how to buy a home and how to do this. Um, it maybe because I haven't looked it up online. I'm sure the Latinos communities have it. And if they don't, then we should start having it more often. You know. Well, I think the biggest thing, you know, you, like you said, education is important. Uh, but it also takes initiative because I think a lot of people need to take the initiative to want to learn those things. Yeah. So you could spend time. I mean, I'm just going to be really blunt here. You could spend time learning how to, you know, become a blogger. You can learn time to be a social media influencer. You can learn time to, you know, learn how to be makeup tutorials and record videos and TikToks and all that fun stuff. But take that time and allocate it towards, uh, you know, uh, reading a few news articles or, you know, um, finding a book on investments and kind of taking a look at that or, um, you know, having your own little side project to, you know, like I was saying, give yourself $2,000, pull up the stock market, pick some companies you'd like, hypothetically buy it and track it for six months to a year yeah, and educate yourself and just see, see what you can learn from it and listen to others. I mean, having the conversations with people, um, it's amazing what you can learn in, in, in different ways and how the world works and why it works in those different types of ways. But, you know, I think that's that's a really important, having that initiative to try, to try and do some of these different types of things. Yeah. No, and like you said, you know, ask. And there's so much information out there, guys. Like, if, all you have to do is Google it, you know? Mm-hmm. And if you're not, if you have a hard time understanding when you read something, then go to YouTube. Or I'm ask sure, somebody. Yeah. Ask somebody. YouTube, I'm sure there'd be, a, I'm sure there's a lot of videos if you go on there and search, you know, how to invest. There'll be, you hundreds of videos will come up, English and Spanish, you know? And yeah, you just have to look it up and they'll explain it to you and then, or go to your local bank. Yeah. Ask, ask anyone. I'm sure anyone's going to be more than happy to help you. What's fun is, is, uh, you know, I love the stock market because it's kind of like watching the world, which is very interesting. Yeah. The more you start to learn about different things, the crazier things get and your understanding of how things work. So, yeah. for example, you know, when you think about, um, you know, company A and they're actually really bought by and owned by operating company B. So a lot of people tend to follow company A. But what you need to do as an investor is you start to learn watch what company B does because yeah. company B is going to impact company A. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like interesting. You start to like see how this world works and you can visually see these things happen. Yeah. Um, you know, right in front of you, which are, is always very interesting. Yeah. Always interesting. No, that's true. Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> and you know, and if, if that's not the thing for you, at least you're, you know, you're throwing money in somewhere that's going to be making you money. So, yeah. I mean, some, some basic rules for 401k is one, Understand your company's 401k, number one. Yeah. So um, how is it set up? What and how much will they match you? Yeah. And then from there, just kind of figure it out. You know, just start to do some research on, you can look up for things like, a, what, what do they call them, a pro, a prospectus, which will tell you, you know, um, do you want a high risk, um, you know, uh, a low risk type investment, something in the middle, and then just kind of, you know, determine whether or not these are the right types of investments for you or the right types of companies that you think are going to be successful and try it and contribute. An easy rule with them is contribute as much as they're going to invest. So yeah. if my company matches me 6%, then I'm going to contribute 6% because that means I'm making 12%. Yeah. Always do that. Don't leave money on the table. 
Don't leave money on the table. Yeah. And rule number two, diversify. So yes, um, like right now I contribute 10% towards 401k. So the 6% because I know they're going to match me. So that's essentially yeah. 12%. The other 4%, that goes to the Roth. Yeah. I put that after taxes because I, I want to have a little bit that, you know, by the time I retire, it's going to be a lot of it. But in the interim, at least I have something that I've already paid taxes on. Yeah. So I have no idea what the heck the tax rate's going to be when I retire. Oh, yeah. It could be like way higher. So yeah. I'd rather just get it all out of the way and be like, you know what? This is just money, money, money. I don't yep. have to worry about it. It's already, I've already paid my taxes on it. Yeah. It's done. Exactly. But you never know. <clears throat> yeah, guys. So, I mean, and if you have questions, you know, you guys are always free to send us an email um, or message us. And then, you know, we can answer questions that, you guys can have the you guys have. Yeah. Um, if Alex is available and I'll ask his input. If I'm not, you know, I'll probably just tell you to Google it. Because <laughs> <laughs> I don't know anything about it, you know, but I know just enough to get me going. But um, like I said, Google's your friend. Google everything you have questions about. And I'll give you a couple of books that I read that are very easy, uh, like 150 pages less. Just like real simple basic stuff on investing, 401ks, stocks. Um, and that, you know, that helped me kind of feel more comfortable in knowing what I was talking about and understanding what I was looking at. So yep. I'll give you some of those things to put up on your website as well. Yeah. And well, I'm sure thanks. I'll be around again. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And like I said, you guys, uh, those are the money moves that you're supposed to be making. You know, everybody talks about making money moves here, there, um, this and that, but you know, that's how you see, you know, you see old guys with Lamborghinis, old guys with these nice cars, because they, they did the same thing. Obviously, maybe a lot of them do have money, or they've had money forever, but but I'm pretty sure they've invested a lot of money, you know? Yep. And, and it's an investment is an investment, whether you're doing it, you know, like they do through 401ks or whatever. Surprisingly, the richest people in the world don't work, because yeah. they just live off their investments. See? There you go. Make, make that for your kids. If you can't do your... <laughs> a lot of them are just so invested in companies that they just... Your money is working for them. Cruise. But, you know, what you're doing, David, is amazing. You know, keep this up. This is a wonderful platform to get the word out. Um, if anything, it sparks interest for many people to continue to, uh, you know, self-develop and figure out what they want to do. So you're, you're doing the right things, especially for the Latino community. So, um, you know, having these types of conversations and topics are not easy, like you said. Yeah. But they're the right conversations to have. And, and um, you know, I thank you for just having me on, on your podcast. Oh, yeah. Thank you for... Being on here, you know, like I said, I wanted someone who had the knowledge. I was going to, guess if I were to do it just on my own, just Googling shit, I'd probably get everyone lost and <laughs> I'll lead you down the wrong direction. So they didn't want to do that. So, yeah. So, you know, thank you for being on. Um, and guys, like I said, if you have any comments, questions, concerns, as always, you can always reach us uh, through our email or message us through any of the six or seven um, podcasts apps that there are out there we're all on all of them um or on an instagram page um as always uh thank you for listening and any topics you guys want to hear us talk about you know just shoot us a message and we'll take care of that so with this um hope you guys have a great rest of your week you know kick 2020's ass hell yeah so you're what just getting you? started brand new <laughs> you know 19 or 2019 is out the window so whatever you made Mistakes you made that year, they're gone. Blank you can page. make them again, but don't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Learn from your mistakes. Yep. All right, guys. Thank you for listening, and y'all have a good one. Happy New Year. Yep. Thank you. <laughs>